reading is from Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. And that's page 1182 in the Church Bible. <clears throat> For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Philly, we thank you for her faithfulness to you. She has listened to you in preparing for this morning. We pray that you bless her as she speaks and that you would uh, be with us as we hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Libby Wayne. I'm married to John Wayne. That has got us into trouble from time to time. <laughs> this morning, we have the title given to us, He has brought us into the kingdom of his Son. The lesson that we've just had, had the section at the end where it talks about the supremacy of Christ. And in a way, we could just read that and believe it and say, okay, Thanks, because it speaks volumes to us. 
because it tells us he is the creator of all things visible and invisible. God is your creator. Jesus is your creator. You are here because Jesus created you. And we're living in a world where it isn't always easy to live, where things go wrong. And yet we are living in a world where this scripture tells us that he has brought us into his kingdom. It isn't a future event. Yes, it is. When we die, we go to heaven if we, belong, if we love the Lord Jesus Christ. But it isn't present future. It is, it is present future, but it is always present now. It is here. This is the kingdom of God, the place where we live. Now, if you look at the lesson, and I just want to thank whoever gave me this subject because it has been an amazing journey as I have looked again at what it means to live in the kingdom of God now. And I want to thank you for whoever that was because I have had the mountain experience, I've had the valley experience, and I've got a new grasp in my heart of what it means to live in the kingdom of God now. And I want us to try and grasp that together this morning. Now, there are three things that Jesus talks about, that Paul, beg your pardon, that Paul talks about before he starts where we picked the lesson up. Because where we picked this lesson up, it said, for this reason. Okay, so what was the reason? There were three reasons that they'd heard of. The first one was, we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ. We have heard of the love that you have for God's people. And we've heard of the hope that you have in heaven. And we have never stopped praying for you. You know, there's something special about when you hear someone say, I have been praying for you. This morning, before I came out, I had three text messages saying, we are praying for you. And my heart soared as I knew that people were praying. And here we have Paul and Timothy saying, we never cease to pray for you. What a blessing that must have been to the Christians at Colossae. But we've been given verse 13. And I want us, first of all, to look at verse 12. Because there's so much in this chapter that we could cover, and I could be here for months. We could do a whole series just on this one chapter. But we've been given this small section, and I believe that this is what God wants us to hear at Christ Church based in Hill today. So I want us to, first of all, check, do we actually believe we live in the kingdom of God or not? Verse 12 says, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He has qualified you. Now, that can be an awkward phrase, can't it? I grew up in a family where academia was very important. And if you didn't make the grade, then... Well, I didn't quite, actually, because I have three sisters, and they all went to university, and I didn't. And I thought I hadn't made the grade. As it happened, my parents were very proud of me. 
But at the time, I thought, I haven't quite made it. And we can look at people that we meet in church. We can look, we can look at Peter and you can think, well, I, I'm not ordained. I haven't quite made the grade. Or I haven't been to Bible college. Or I don't do as much Bible study as I think I should. Or I don't, and we have this list of things that we think we need to attain. But this, in actual fact, wasn't what this passage is talking about. It may come to some surprise to some of you, but I actually have a senior citizen's bus pass. <laughs> At that point, you say you're not old enough. When we had our golden wedding this year, and I would say to somebody, it's my golden wedding this year, and I would say, your reply should be that, to that is you don't look old enough. But you know, when I got my senior citizen's rail pass, I had to qualify to get it. I had to show them my birth certificate or my passport or my driving license to show that I was old enough to qualify to have a bus pass. I remember my mother-in-law years ago applied for an old age pension and she got the shock of her life because she had to ask them to check that she was actually 60 and they wrote back and said actually you're 61. <laughs> She'd lived all her life thinking that she was a year younger than she actually was. You know there's an awful lot of talk about qualifications and grades. What grades did you get? And sometimes we can project this onto our Christian faith, our relationship with Jesus. I'm not clever enough. I haven't been to Bible college. And Jesus is saying that's not what it's about. It's not an exam that you have to pass. You know, we have, we have a situation here where you have to be qualified to climb the ladder. And we have people in church that actually have gone through the training and are allowed to climb the ladders. But we're not putting you through training today. All you've got to do is open your life and say to Jesus, I'm sorry I've messed things up. I got to the point when I was at a stage when in the end, I got on my knees and said, I have tried to be a Christian all my life, and I can't try any longer. I need to die with you. I need help. And I knew that I knew that I knew that God had saved me, and I was now in the kingdom of his light. And so that's my question, first of all. Are you qualified to enter the kingdom of heaven? You don't need qualifications, but you do need to come to a point when you say, I surrender everything to you. I want you to come and live from the inside out, just like we've been singing. But we're going to have more of this later. Because we're going to go on verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Now this word brought isn't a strong enough word. It is a better word if you use the word conveyed. In the King James Bible it says, 
you have been conveyed into the kingdom of the son he loves. Because conveyed had a special meaning to the ancient world. When an emperor conquered another country, it was custom to convey the whole population and everything they owned into their country. And this is what Paul is saying. When you ask Jesus to come into your life and rule from the inside out, you are, he, you are conveyed into his kingdom. It isn't present future, it's present. It is future when we die in Christ. There's no doubt about that. But there's a whole kingdom experience here for us today that we've not tapped into. He's not conveying you into the kingdom. He has conveyed you into the kingdom. It's now. It is the king of the universe is accessible to you now. You were taken when you were conquered into the kingdom, but it wasn't done by force. Jesus comes and offers you what he has, life. And it's up to you whether you want to take it or receive it. He never forces. We used to have a cat called Jumpy 50 years ago. And then 10 years later, we got a dog called Boots. And we used to keep the two animals as separate as we could. But they got on reason, they tolerated each other, and we gave Jumpy, in the end, upstairs was the cat's domain, downstairs was the dog's. And the dog never, ever went upstairs. She was told to stay, and she did. And she would sit at the bottom of the stairs, looking up longingly. Border Collie with big eyes, you know. The day came when the cat had to be put down. And one day I was working upstairs and I thought, there's no reason why Boots can't come up and join me upstairs. So I called her and she wouldn't come because she had been trained to sit. And although she now could come up the stairs, she didn't. And in the end, I had to gently persuade her until one day she was happy to sit on the landing while I worked upstairs. Now, in a very nice, the nicest possible way, this has reminded me of the Holy of Holies. A special place where God lived in the temple. A special place where only he was allowed to be. And where only once a year, the high priest was allowed to come in and be in the presence of God. And the whole thing was closed off by what we call a veil. But on Good Friday, all that ended, and Jesus shouted, It is finished! And the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom, probably as high as his ceiling, and it was torn, and the way open for us to come into God's presence was available. Now, so often, we come to a stage where 
we give our lives to Jesus. Yes, we want you to come and be in us. We want you to be king of our lives. And he's saying, but come and have a closer relationship. It's an ongoing thing. Come closer, come closer. But we're a bit like my boots was. We have stayed away from God so long, we don't necessarily know how to come closer to him. And it's almost as if there's an invisible line that we don't cross over. And Jesus is saying to us, come, the way is open to me, and I want to welcome you with open arms. And we hear the voice of the old world saying, you're not good enough. You haven't made the grade. You haven't passed the exams. You're too big a sinner. You're not forgiven. And that is the lie of the enemy. It is not kingdom living. And these are the things we listen to every day if we're not careful. We are living in the kingdom and the kingdom of Jesus. And Jesus, the king, says, welcome. You are joint heirs with everything I have to offer you. There is nothing you have done to deserve it, but I want to give you everything you were worth dying for. You are my child. I paid the price. Don't make it complicated. Just come. Come and have a relationship with me that you have forgotten about or you never had. Step closer to me. Practice listening to the new voice. The new voice that says, you are special. You were worth dying for. You are powerful. You are favored. You are anointed of my grace and my spirit. You are my chosen child. And I want to have a relationship with you that you've never yet tasted because you're living in the kingdom of God now. It's not something that you're going to wait for when you die. It is now. It is here. It is present. Do this and you find joy rising in your heart because there is so much in heaven. Yes, it's an amazing place, but there is so much here now for us to tap into. You'll go to bed tonight and you will know that the sun is going to set. You will get up in the morning and you will know that the sun will rise. And Jesus says the only reason that happens is because I have promised it will do. And I have promised I will never leave you or forsake you. And my love for you is as sure as the rising and the setting of the sun. So why do you doubt? And why do you find it fearful to come close to me and have the sort of relationship that I want with you. Well, 
We don't live in a world where things are right. We live in a world where things are very, very wrong. And we live in a world where sometimes we wonder where on earth God has gone. But I want to remind you today that you are living in the kingdom of God no matter what your feelings are. It is a fact. And I've asked Helen Evans if she will come and share with us what it means for her to live in the kingdom of light when things certainly aren't right in the kingdom of earth. I was diagnosed a year ago. Life has been very different since then, for us all. I thank you so much to those who pray for me in this church fellowship, and your love to Brian and I, but the grace of Jesus has sustained me. I trust Jesus to be with me, and never leave me or forsake me. It's only because of the cross. His body was broken for me. His blood poured out for me. For my forgiveness, health and healing. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief, Satan, comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus says I have come, that you might have life to the full. Abundant life. What would I do without Jesus and Father God to help me? There is power in the name of Jesus. I'm slow to learn and take in the promises of God. But I'm learning to accept them and receive them for my life. I believe Jesus is with me day by day. Satan stole my speech, but I have an iPad and whiteboards. I can still walk, write, and go to the gym. I can still do a lot of things. Jesus has to be number one in your life. Nothing else. He is the good shepherd and takes care of his sheep. I keep surrendering my life to Christ. Other things keep creeping in. I'm not very good at praying. But I talk to Jesus as a friend. I tell him when I'm struggling, I ask for his help to get through. So I need endurance, patience and giving thanks to God for all that's happening to me. There is power in praise. I listen to numerous CDs and take to heart the words. I had to make a decision to accept Jesus into my life. You can too if you have never done so. I urge you to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord of your life. Jesus, we enthrone you, we proclaim you as King. Standing here in the midst of us, we lift you up with our praise, and as we worship, build a throne, come Lord Jesus, and take your place. Father, we thank you for Helen and for her testimony this morning. We thank you, Father, and praise you that in 
this difficult period of her life, she knows you as Lord and Savior. And we thank you, Father, that she is living in your kingdom. There's so much we don't understand. But Lord, we want to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord in this situation. And we pray your healing and your wholeness over her in body, mind, and spirit. Amen. We're just going to sing that chorus that...